You're listening to the On the Go with VAO News podcast for the week ending June 17th, 2016. Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is our weekly recap of the top headlines from the Daily Acquisition News. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Dara Curran, content developer and news writer. Two new studies give a snapshot of some of the most prevalent challenges the federal acquisition workforce is grappling with, as well as their strongest and weakest competency areas. The Public Sector 2016 Acquisition Policy Survey of 80 senior federal acquisition officials from the Professional Services Council and Grant Thornton found that budgets are finally receding as a direct impediment to advancing mission goals, but other thorny areas do remain, ones that are not only multifaceted but often interlinked. Compliance and oversight pose difficulty, probably news to no one. Respondents noted it undermined efficiency to have to keep up with constantly varying requirements. They also praised constructive oversight efforts that offer immediate positive changes, such as peer reviews and mechanisms that involve leadership support throughout the acquisition life cycle. But they were much less sanguine about what was characterized as fault-finding oversight. This included investigations by inspectors general, which often were viewed as after-the-fact reports with little improving effect on acquisition outcomes. There are also often disconnects between policy and practice. For example, communication with industry continues to be highlighted in guidance as a key practice for successful acquisitions, but in on-the-ground operations, it is still seen as inherently risky. Also, the conversation about innovation has not yet been adequately defined, and too often the government takes the approach that you either have traditional contractors or you have innovative ones, and never the twain shall meet. Study participants report that this disconnect puts unneeded obstacles in the path of obtaining truly innovative products and services. Potentially of the greatest concern are workforce limitations. Respondents were generally positive about capabilities but warned of gaps in critical skill sets as well as insufficient staffing capacity and an outflow of retirees that are moving faster than could be replenished. Feeling understaffed and undertrained has left many workers feeling less than confident, officials asserted, and that has had a direct effect on their procurement practices. They shy away from well-reasoned risks that could bring innovations or cost savings, continuing instead to use their familiar but often less than optimal strategies and practices. The Office of Federal Procurement Policy and Federal Acquisition Institute found similar gaps in their fiscal year 2016 Acquisition Workforce Competency Survey of 14,000 participants across all 23 civilian Chief Financial Officer Act agencies and 42 small agencies. FACC competencies on average received the highest proficiency ratings and showed the highest average certification levels. At the other end of the spectrum, FAC core competencies had the lowest average proficiency ratings and certification level, particularly the specific areas of acquisition planning and effective pre-award communication. The General Services Administration has issued a request for quotations for its Data Analytics Tools Broad Purchase Agreement, which is aimed at helping agencies buy better tools to analyze their contract data. The vehicle will be entirely set aside for small businesses that already hold places on GSA schedules or government-wide acquisition vehicles. Capabilities being sought include data mining, predictive analysis, pricing, risk, and outcome diagnostics. At least one contract with a one-year base period and four one-year option periods will be awarded. Responses are due July 12th. 
Mary Davey, Assistant Commissioner for the Federal Acquisition Services Integrated Technology Services, has assumed the role of manager of the Information Technology Supercategory within the Category Management Initiative. She replaces former HP Executive Kim Luke, who was obliged to step down for personal reasons. Defense Procurement and Acquisition Policy Director Claire Grady has announced the release of Purchase Request Data Standard 2.0, which is a data model usable on any system with a common language and business rules that can help support all kinds of requirement reporting. The 2.0 version adds additional capability to handle construction and telecommunications and allows for intergovernmental orders outside the Department of Defense, including seller-side data. Common access cards are on their way out, according to DOD CIO Terry Halverson, who characterizes the cards as probably fine for building access, but insufficient to protect defense information networks, and not terribly agile for operational theater use. DOD instead is looking over the next two years to replace some 20 million active cards with biometric solutions. A common constant credentialing standard would also allow DOD and its international allies to more easily share key combat and intelligence information. In a very dismaying ruling, the U.S. Court of Appeals upheld a Merit Systems Protection Board finding that federal rules and regulations do not qualify as federal statutes and therefore are not covered under the Whistleblower Protection Act. At issue was a federal employee who refused a direction by his supervisor to require a contractor to rehire a fired subcontractor since that violated a FAR provision. The employee was later given a negative performance review and removed from core duties. The employee sought support from the board, but both it and the court determined the Whistleblower Protection Act protects the employee only from retaliation for refusing to obey an order that would violate federal law, and that the agency was permitted to take disciplinary action because federal rules and regulations do not have the weight of law as determined by a Supreme Court decision that states, quote, federal law should not be interpreted to include rules and regulations, end quote. Legally, that all sounds very clear, but nonetheless, pretty sure there were quite a few of us who read this and were shocked and indignant. Jeez, thanks for the backup, guys. Great that the FAR is non-binding when it would protect the workforce, so we will continue to monitor any further developments or clarifications on this issue. On Wednesday, four final rules included in Federal Acquisition Circular 2005-88 went into effect. The first requires contractors to protect information provided by or generated for the government from unauthorized access or disclosure if that information will reside or transit through their systems. The second directs agencies to procure, when possible, alternative products that do not contain high levels of hydrofluorocarbons. The third requires the head of a contracting activity to approve any determinations to select more than five offerers to submit Phase two proposals under a two-phase design-build-construction acquisition valued at more than $4 million. And the last rule reinstates a higher simplified acquisition threshold for overseas acquisitions in support of humanitarian or peacekeeping operations, which was accidentally deleted in a previous version. That's it for this week. If you are a government agency subscriber to the Virtual Acquisition Office website, links to all the headlines we discussed today can be found in the same page on VAO where you downloaded this podcast. Thanks for tuning in today and hope you will come back on Friday, June 24th to catch up on all the latest developments from the Daily Acquisition News. Goodbye.